Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Bit Effect. Today we're talking Horizon Zero Dawn. And with me to discuss the the birth of mankind is Craig. Monster Hunter. Luke. Bloodborne. Mike. Castlevania. Wow. So, Horizon's a thing, it released, and uh, who wants to talk Monster Hunter? <laughs> <laughs> no, so, if this is your first episode, um, we do not claim to be experts here at all. We are just kind of four guys who get together and talk about stuff. And we do one big game a month, and then we have Retro Rewind episodes where uh, kind of a rotating cast, but generally me, Craig, and somebody else will talk about a retro game. And we do those twice a month, and these episodes come out, you know, the big games are two a month, so if there's four weeks, it works out great. If there's five, it is a little uneven. To get us started, Craig, uh, give us the stats real quick. Alright, okay. Horizon Zero Dawn. It was developed by Guerrilla Games and published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. It was released for the PlayStation 4 only, so a lovely, lovely exclusive. And it was released in North America on the 28th of April 2017, and everywhere else, well, Europe, on the 1st of March 2017. Did you pick it up release day, or was this kind of uh, when it goes on sale? Jeez, do you know what? I've, I can't remember. No, no, I, I think I picked it up shortly after release, but this was the one This was the one where I picked up Breath of the Wild at the same time, so I had the two games going. That's what happened. Um. I, I, I wasn't really looking forward to it, or not not looking forward to it, it's just that it just came out of nowhere for me, for the most part. Yeah, I think it was pretty similar. Um, so, never been a big fan of the Killzone games, which is the studio's previous work. But, um, I don't know, something about this game just didn't set well with me from the trailers and the previews. Um, open world games seem like they're a bit long in the tooth at the moment, everybody's doing them and, you know, do we really need another 40-50 hour game of wandering around was kind of my thoughts um, but Craig kept on going on and on and mm. on about this game I and, did uh, eventually gave me a shot of his copy after after I was a bit wary of it so thank you Craig that's quite alright did you finish it on Craig's copy or did you buy it? Uh, yeah I finished it with Craig's copy eventually <laughs> <laughs> eventually alright uh, Mike? yeah I, <clears throat> I I followed Craig's sagely advice. I originally saw it back at possibly an E3, I think it was, or a Sony event. Um, and I've, I was kind of interested. Not not fully expecting it to be great, but kind of interested. Um, I waited all the way through till Black Friday to grab a copy on the cheap. And it was... Probably a good decision that way. But no, no, let's cut that bit out. <laughs> Spoilers! <laughs> um, but yeah, I, initially I think I was expecting something like a, a Western Monster Hunter game. Um, the actual article's a, a bit far from that, but hey, great expectations, and I have completed it, so that's good news. <laughs> um. This is one of those few games to earn the prestigious title of Games Dave Kept His Eye On. I think it was around the same time, Mike, it was that PlayStation event or it was E3. Whenever they showed that first trailer, 
of that that herd of watchers and you know Aloy running through them. That's all I really remember. Uh, but yeah, as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Oh, this is this is cool." Robot dinosaurs. Keep my eye on it. As more stuff seemed to develop, you know, they sent more trailers and you read articles about it and stuff like that. I got a little more wary of it, but it wasn't anything to where I was worried I would regret buying it when the day came out. I didn't buy it day one. I'm kind of like Luke, except I didn't play Craig's cocky. Copy. Cocky. 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 Didn't play step. Craig's copy. He just wouldn't shut up about the stupid game. Nope. nope. I would not. So I had to make sure that I played it as soon as I was done Breath of the Wild, or Craig's head would have exploded and there would have been beard chunks everywhere. That that would have happened. I mean, it was quite an exciting time. It's Robot Dinosaurs. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, and as far as robot dinosaurs go, these are some pretty good robot dinosaurs. They um, are. They are. So, so, guys, Luke, you kind of touched onto it a little bit, but like Gorilla Games, this is a very odd one to come from them. Do you guys have any background with Gorilla Games? Like, did you like Killzone's fan? Um, yeah, I mean, Killzone, I, I, played, I played a couple hours, but one of the older ones, and I played a couple hours, the new one on the PlayStation 4, and the game looked amazing, but um, at the time there was so many other games to play, it just kind of fell into that backlog and then the pile of shame. So nothing against the games. Um, they just didn't really stand out for me or they didn't grab my attention in comparison to what else was on the market. I had never played Killzone, but 2 and 3 on the PlayStation, I I loved. I loved them. I don't, I don't know why. Don't hate me. It's just... Wait. Craig, yes. did you just say I never played Killzone, but I played two and three? Yes, yes, I did. I did. I think one. Oh, you're talking about okay, the first Killzone game. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, the All first right. one Sorry. came out back when uh, that must have been in the brief time where I wasn't really playing games. Yeah. Yeah, I I completely bounced off the the first game um, when I did play it on the PS2, I believe, and uh, Killzone Two was ooh, it was hyped hyped out of this world and it delivered for me i think it was amazing i i enjoyed the single player the multiplayer was definitely a stayer i even went as far as picking up the uh the extra maps and stuff to continue the game uh stat checking myself on the website quite frequently killzone 3 came around and i thought did some things better it, it looked amazing it had all sorts of crazy things like uh i think 3d was in, included in it this time uh jetpacks all sorts of stuff Shadowfall wasn't initially Amazing looking PS4 game, but I probably didn't enjoy it as much as 2 and 3. So I, I think I expected good things from Gorilla, despite... Uh, I don't know, I, I, I did actually go to Amsterdam the other year, and I stood outside the Gorilla building. Um, I think I overheard people talking about Horizon, oddly enough. <laughs> like uh, the developers outside the front door, but... Yeah, it's a it's a really, really weird looking building, and you, you sort of kind of think... I don't know where they're going at this place, but uh, hey, supposedly, supposedly they actually hire people from inside the families. What's it called? Nepotism or something like that? Yeah, it's nepotism. Yeah, yeah. So they actually a lot of the staff members there are hired from family members and stuff like that. It's really weird. Oh really? But yeah. yeah. Uh personally, as as a teenager, I didn't quite have enough energy to sort out what was kill switch engaged what was kill dot switch and what was kill zone so i just kind of avoided that whole <laughs> bubble of things All and, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, all right, I can't. I don't have time for this. But um, it wasn't really until Killzone Shadowfall that I actually sat down and went, okay, we're, we're going to try a proper Killzone. And then I went back and I played two because I found it cheap. Either way, I played one of them. And that's pretty much been it. I can't honestly say Guerrilla Games was on any kind of radar that I had. It was just kind of, oh, these people make Killzone, and that was it. By the way, in case you are wondering, I do now know the difference between all of those kill-oriented <laughs> things. So I took a weekend off work. Made the spreadsheet. Sat down and went, all right, we're going to figure this out. Yeah. Back to the point. So we're not going to go too heavy on the spoilers yet. In a little bit, Luke is going to kind of do a story breakdown. So... If you don't want to hear about that, you, as soon as you hear Luke talk, just skip it for like a good, you know, I don't know, 20 minutes. But we're, we're kind of making this podcast with you've played the game in mind. Otherwise, you may want to hold off or, you know, just skip ahead. I don't know if we're timestamped or not. It really all depends on how we feel when we're editing. But just a general warning. We Yeah, we hope for the spoilers to be in episode two. So this this episode will be mainly about the game and the mechanics and um, hopefully that's enough to sell it to you and if you want to listen to episode 2 where there's spoilers then please do so but 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 Luke we all have giant mouths and we don't think about what we say before we say it like right then I was about to say Dumbledore died what? but I kept it in Ugh. I know I know right and Spike dies at the end too so yeah uh, just, just keep that in mind we, we're going to try to keep this uh, especially with, even though we're going to edit it down we're, in editing we're going to try to keep this as spoiler free as humanly possible for the first episode and the second episode will be spoilers like Lou said anyway so what are your general thoughts about like the graphics the the music the aesthetics the design of things what do you guys think and i i think it's a beautiful game I'm just going to stick my neck out first. Why not? Let's get this over with. It's absolutely gorgeous. I think from the get-go, it just really... It's a really lovely world. I mean, in, in terms of the density of things moving, like animals and stuff, it can, can kind of feel a wee bit sparse, but if you just take a step back and look at it, or you climb one of the tall necks, hang on, is that a spoiler, saying you climb tall necks? No. Uh, that's like saying you spoiled Far Cry because you said you're going to climb towers. I don't really okay, think that Okay, fair counts. enough. Right, okay. Or um, you, one of the many kind of vista points that you arrive at that's quite set piecey. it's beautiful. The The land is really varied. You've got your frozen lands to north. There's wetlands. There's woodlands. There's a desert. There's, there's, it's just re a really nice, well-balanced world. It's not too expansive. It wouldn't take too long to run across the map. Maybe 10 minutes. That's just a guess, but I'm thinking about 10 minutes. Um, but the, the amount of variety of lands in there, and each one is really lovely detailed. Um, I, th I think it's lovely. And then you get to the cauldrons, which were my favourite parts of it. So the cauldrons are indoor, ma majorly indoor sections, very kind of, uh, what's the word? 
What is the, what's the word I'm thinking of? Here? Futuristic? Yeah, well, futuristic is one it, word. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's like cyberpunk. Yeah, almost. yeah. Um, we like cables living. It's like a being inside a robot that's half alive with wires about the place and things moving. It, they're, they're fantastically designed things. I think at one point, about two thirds of the way through the game, I dropped into one of these things and it does that kind of. Aloy stands up and it pans up and the entrance to the cauldron is a big triangle and it's got this triangular effect off into the distance of lights and mist and stuff and I was just like <laughs> like that kind of noise and I was so, just so what you're saying is the it. best possible night for you is a Daft Punk concert oh god yeah love it absolutely love a Daft Punk <laughs> concert but yeah um, I'll stop rambling and on about it but I thought it was stunning absolutely just beautiful um yeah this is one of the first games that like i I mean i haven't played a huge amount of games on my playstation 4 in comparison to you guys Uh, i've missed some of the big and bigger hitting games graphically uh this is one of the first games that i felt is proper next gen um it sounds a little bit cliche i guess um but yeah from from the get-go just everything about the game graphically was amazing especially the character models um I mean, I don't know if you guys remember the the very first like uh, CGI Final Fantasy film where they spent millions and millions of dollars on like hair, um, spirits within. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. I remember back then thinking, "Whoa, this is amazing!" But I guess it probably hasn't aged that well. But the hair in this game is just amazing. It's on another level. The physics that are behind it, and you know, like movement when a character runs and stuff. It's just crazy. So. When I first booted up the game, that's kind of what I did for the first five ten minutes was just run around wiggled, watching how wiggled, the... <laughs> yeah, wiggled about. Um, yeah, just to just to see how the character model interacted with the world and like all the different movements that had. Um, and it's not very often that happens when I pick up a game. Normally, you're just like, oh, here we go, tutorial. Let's start the game. Let's get through it. But um, yeah, just the way the the trees move and the world moves is. There's something really, really special about that in this game, and um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Mm. <laughs> Here we go. That's well, shite. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I think I think there's bits of of what you both say which which do uh you know align with my my thoughts on it, but I think Horizon's a a, a good picture. It's a good screenshot. But I think in action, for me, there's something not right. It feels like, you know, you get arguably a weak console throws out Breath of the Wild and you get, you know, grass that you walk through which doesn't seem to do anything. I, I noticed Luke just said moving trees, but I, I can't remember if the trees do actually move in this game ever. It's, a, it's <laughs> like the grass and the stuff, yeah. water doesn't have any sort of, you know, interaction from... From what I saw in most places. Um, and the biggest thing is. I feel like it's the same. Piece of geometry. Thrown about over the place. Creating a map. It feels like. You know. You get a tree land here. And you get one which is slightly more brown. Slightly more green. Slightly more blue somewhere else. It's an odd mix. And I think it, there are centerpieces. Where you do go. Wow that's amazing. There's, you know there's some buildings. Where you sort of think. Wow, I get a great view of the whole place from here, and it it looks cool at a glance, but something doesn't jar with me right with it. I don't know exactly what. Um, 
But I think as the only, possibly the only HDR person here, I think it looks great on that perspective. I think there's a lot of cool, cool, vibrant colours flying around. Electricity fizzles your eyeballs a little bit. And it's it's a great example of technology. Um, it's just, I don't know, visually, there's something not quite right for me. But yeah, Dave, Dave, you go for it. I'm kind of in both sides of this. Like, I'm kind of in the Craig and Luke camp, and then I'm kind of in the Mike camp. So, first of all, the world doesn't do much for me here. Like, that's that's kind of where I side with Mike. I, I don't think the world is anything spectacular. And Mike did invoke Breath of the Wild, so uh, moment of silence, angels singing, all that. But... I don't, I, you know, I really hate to do this, but I don't even think it compares to like Arkham Knight or Witcher 3. It, it didn't do anything special for me. Like, uh, if you guys had taken out the robot dinosaurs, right? This would have looked like any generic, and I do apologize, you're going to be hearing this a lot, this podcast. It would have looked like, you know, Wildlands or, or Far Cry or even, you know, just... Skyrim, it, it, it's just kind of bland world, number two, and what really spiced it up was the creatures, I mean, we'll talk about combat and everything later, but if you took all that out, actually, no, you know what, You know what? It, it, it's kind of like a fallout world if, you know, you had to put more greenery around it. So, so not fallout. I, I didn't really... <laughs> where, where all yeah, the greenery is dead. Is there fallout forest edition? <laughs> Um, yeah, 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 that's a good point. Um, but, well, I mean, you know, the, the uh, whole after yeah, the apocalypse thing. Um, but yeah, so the world itself didn't do anything for me. I mean, it, let's be honest, it's no Monster Hunter. But the, <laughs> what, like Luke said right now, I'm not a hair fetishist. I, uh, it really doesn't do much for me. But the work they did on some of these character models, absolutely insane. Like, you can tell they spent a long time on Aloy, which I'm going to say Alloy at some point. Mm -hmm. I'm apologizing for that, too. I'm surprised you haven't already. But (laughs) she looks absolutely phenomenal. Like, she might be one of the best-looking video game characters I've ever seen. And everything from just the facial animations in cutscenes to just the way she moves... They did a very good job with her. And most of the, what would you guys say, like the key quest yeah, characters? Yeah. Like Olin and uh, Mr. Guard's guy that I can't remember. They did a good job with those guys. So on the animation front, they did spectacular. Whereas on the world front, I kind of agree with Mike. A lot of it feels copy-pasted and just kind of there. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that completely as well. Um like beyond the character models and the anime models and you know that sort of side it does feel a little bit it doesn't feel real in a way but graphically i think it's i think it stands up um it's not something i i thought oh that doesn't that stands out or put me off um but the character models especially Uh, yeah yeah, it's absolutely serviceable you're right um out of curiosity, I mean, did you guys do that thing where, you know, when you're really clicking with a world, you just explore to see what it looks like? Yeah, so I'm not sure if this is because I've got fatigue from this sort of game, but um, after a little bit of 
playing around with the world I just kind of wanted to do the story um, I didn't find there was much reward in exploration um, you know it wasn't like oh there's something cool over there I'm going to run and check that out or oh I wonder what's in this cave here it, it seemed to be objective to objective and I'm not sure if that's just because I wanted to get through it or the game wasn't interesting enough to to make me do that um, did you guys have the same sort of feeling? Um, I, I did my usual open worlding and explored every nook and cranny in a methodical zigzag approach towards any objective <laughs> making sure that I covered every bit of ground so I'll walk um, perpendicular to my target and I will turn around 90 degrees and I'll walk up and then I'll turn around again and make sure I can still see the bit that I saw before but keep on walking back and and that is why it took me so long to play it. <laughs> I did platinum it though. That was that was something. I think that was so, so you took the rabid squirrel approach to yes. exploration. I, I can dig that. Um I can But but you found you enjoyed your time in the oh, world. Oh yeah, yeah, completely because I kinda of thought you you come across we kind of sets or we a set isn't the right, the right word, word nor as a group. What do you call a collection of animals that are alive mulling about? A herd. a herd, thank you. Not a herd, a herd. A herd. You come across a wee, a wee herd of things, and it's kind of nice to just muddle them all, collect all their bits, <laughs> and carry on. Uh, there's something quite kind of endearing about that, and I, I just, I like this kind of game. It kind of gels with me more than you guys, certainly, but maybe more than most. I just get lost in whatever. Maybe my life is really dull. <laughs> um... No, I've, I think I am I am giving it a bit of a hard time, but I did like, you know, activating the uh, the the focus. Was that the name? Yeah, of it? yeah, yeah, focus. That's it. Yeah. Act, activating the focus and just just going right. There's a boar. I wouldn't mind getting one of those to uh, you know craft stuff up, and it'd be like, you know, you some some of the some of the animals were easier to follow. Some were a bit of a nightmare. Some were too small and kept going through the bushes, and uh. You know the, the backing was all there, and I think I'm I'm being overly critical on it. I think because it I felt it had been sort of built a bit more than I expected. To be honest, it's not it's not that it's terrible, really. You know, I, I, it's better than a good eighty percent of games out there. So I don't, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't hold it too much against it. And uh, see, I'll disagree. Um, I don't think you're being overly shit. harsh on it because I I don't feel overly harsh on it. Yeah. I mean. Don't mistake what we're saying for it's bad. It's just things we didn't gel it. Like like this is an absolutely fine, absolutely serviceable game. You you'll unless you're looking for it, you won't have problems with the way it's built. It's just some of the ancillary things, and we'll talk more about that later. But uh, the only area that I really like enjoyed the look of, the feel of, was towards the end where you're jumping from like place to place i don't i'm kind of vague about it but you know like uh what's the installation area where you're right at the end of the game oh yeah the um the gaia complex yeah yeah, yeah I, well i i couldn't remember the name of it thank you but yeah yeah like that area was was probably the only one that made me sit up and go oh i like the way this looks yeah i there's something quite cool about that so for anyone that who hasn't played it um the game is set in the ruins of 
uh, of like a civilization not far off at ours, maybe 100, 200 years. Um, and the world of old has kind of crumbled and there's tribes of humans who are living amongst these ruins while some choose to live in them, some of them don't. Um, one thing I found quite interesting was like, um, Aloy starts off with the, the Nora tribe and um, you find that the area that they're around, it's all about nature and it's about avoiding the old civilization as much as possible. But later on in the game, you find you find Aloy, she goes into these older areas and she explores them. I really like the contrast between, you know, like the, the dingy old ruins with like remnants of our technology in comparison to the Nora and their everything's natural and keeping it simple. Um, I thought that worked really well. So you side with the hippies? I mean, (laughs) well, that was the thing is in that area, you find one of the coolest things that you need to pick up. Would it be spoiling to mention what that was? I don't know. It's a set of armour, just in case. I can cut myself out saying that. (laughs) It's the game's best, most awesome looking set of armour ever. And you're wandering through the woods and you see a kind of like a small opening and before you know it you drop down and you're inside this really fu- futuristic room with a set of armour behind a shield and you've got to eventually power it up to open it up and all this, that and the other. But I loved doing that because you could just be kind of like hunting foxes for their fur and then all of a sudden you're kind of like, whoa, sci-fi, back out into the wild and I, I love that. You're right, it's the contrast of that that kept me going... I think if, Dave, back to your original, original point, if there were no robot dinosaurs and there wasn't any of this futuristic stuff, it would be more generic feeling, but it's that bit of it that makes it special. I I can totally dig that. Um, Now, this I may need your guys' help on, and that includes the audience, but, man, I was getting really, really strong waves of deja vu for the whole look the world looks like you know a hippie heaven this is great no technology and then you go to a technological bit i can't remember where that's coming from like what game it's sort of final fantasy but there's an open world game where that happens and it's driving me nuts that i can't think so what it is there's an open world game where you're completely cut off from technology and then at some point in the game you transition into a world of technology yeah and it's uh, it's old but it, it's it's driving me nuts. It's, um, let's just say it was Psychonauts and move on. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I got I got waves of Psychonauts off of that. Um, so what about like sound and voice acting and music? I can honestly say I couldn't hum a tune from this thing, other than maybe musical swell with violins. At this point, that's really about all I remember from the music. It's Jules Deman, isn't it? It's the Killzone composer. He's he's awesome in Killzone games, but here, I don't know what he was playing at. All I know is that the exact same song played over the entire game, almost <laughs> too much, and I still can't remember it. Played over the menus. I think it probably played over a save game uh, system OS screen. It probably... I don't, I'm not sure. I think it even played... Like in very quick motion, as the sound effect of a bow and arrow shooting, <laughs> <laughs> the entire song in point one of a second. <laughs> it's quite quite a technical feat, 
to you know stretch and skew that one sample for the entire <laughs> audio audiometry of the entire game. Uh, the voice acting, on the other hand, oh, just yeah, I agree completely with the the music. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't add anything to it. But the sound effects did, and the the voice acting certainly did. I think whoever it was that were was voice acting each of the characters did a very good job, and they did a very good job of picking voice actors that sounded like how the character you would think would sound like when you looked at them. That was a really long-winded way of saying that. The voices fit the characters. That's all I wanted to say. There you go. That's it. Even, I don't know... I disagree know. with you there. Did you... Oh, okay. No, 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 finish, finish your point. But Right, okay. Um, did you come across a guy, uh, a guy that's completely and utterly obsessed with death called Nils or Niels or something like that? And he's like outside a bandit camp and he's like... I just want to murder everyone, but he does it in this really kind oh, of gothy, dead yeah, yeah, way. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yes, yes. You keep on bumping into him. I thought he was great because in the end, he kind of invites you to kind of um, go on a final quest with him, and he basically wants you to kill him, like fight to the death. But if you let him survive, he joins you for the final battle, and I so, did, obviously did that. That reminded me, Craig. Yes. So the guy Nils, it it wasn't it a bit on the nose. Like, it's maybe just me, but as soon as he started talking, I was like, oh, I get it. Nils, he's nihilistic, works, I guess. That drove me nuts. <laughs> oh, yeah, and plus, <laughs> Aloy was made of two or more metals. <sighs> <sighs> yes, that, Craig, Craig, that is how you make alloy. Good job, but you take away an L and it becomes a name. Um, I know I kind of disagree okay. on the voice acting. Like, um, who does Aloy, which is the same lady who does Tiny Tina in Borderlands, did oh, yeah, um... an absolutely amazing job. She was great. Even the guy who did Nils was pretty good. I'll give you that. And I'm not very good mm -hmm. at pulling Ashley out Birch. like bad voice acting because I still oh. think Dynasty Warriors is great voice acting. But Silence as well. He was good. That was that actor from um, that program, the sci-fi program. Fringe. Oh, that oh. one. Lance Reddick. Yeah, Lance Reddick's amazing. Yeah, so Aloy is Ashley Birch yes. and Silence is Lance Reddick. I would have preferred Lance Henriksen, but I don't know who Lance Reddick <laughs> is. Anyway, so I think all the incidental voices are terrible. Like, they... like. You know, the dude who's like, my daughter has been shot. Sounded like he was reading it from a cue card, which he probably was, to be fair. But um, a lot of the voice acting in this I thought was terrible. Except for those great, I, shiny stars there. I didn't... The one guy I didn't like, I didn't like his character. I didn't like him. He reminded me of something from a different game. Actually, something like Dragon Age, because I'm pretty sure he's in Dragon Age. But it was Erend. I'm sure he was in Dragon Age Inquisition as well. See, um, this might be a little bit off topic and cut it out, Craig, if it's if it's not worth it. But um, No Clip did a really good documentary on how this game was made, and the guys in the studio they decided the way they were gonna um, assign their time was to do like a ratio system. So things that were worthy of being like the best bits in the game, like the main characters or the story. Uh, they were given a higher ratio of time than the lower stuff. 
Uh, so, for example, side quests, the, like, the important ones were given like an A rank, which would be three hours, or a B rank, which would be two hours, or a C rank, etc., etc. And this goes on throughout the whole development cycle of this game. So I know like not everyone's interested in that, and I'd recommend you'd watch the documentary if you are. But that kind of makes sense into the ethos of the voice acting being great to terrible. And I can kind of see your point, Dave, now that you say it. Yeah, definitely. I didn't watch the documentary because it's Monster Hunter. But um, <laughs> that seems like a terrible way to design. Like, as a man yeah, who's never um, designed a game and will never design a game. That's that, what I was just thinking. <laughs> yeah. Um, that just seems like, well, uh, think about it like my, my work, right? If I was like, all right, so these are the important bits, but everything I'm going to do with it, I don't have to put that much effort into it. I don't know. that. I, I'm not saying the they didn't put side, effort. When we spoke about Breath of the Wild a couple of weeks ago, remember that tip bit? Breath of the Wild was developed inside Hyrule, so they built Hyrule, and then all the developers got avatars inside this, and they could leave notes and write the game and f- make it flow from within there. Everything was done inside oh, that. Oh, that's what you I See, I thought you meant Nintendo built Hyrule underground, and it's their secret compound. <laughs> And they designed it from within there. No, they built... Oh, I'm really Jesus. disappointed. We've already released that, have we not, as well? It's like, yep. I'm pretty sure Nintendo has underground cities. One, one weird point to glean from this, though, is that I'm sure Nintendo did that, but they didn't say, see the northwest corner of the map, send the shit guys to do that one. Yeah. And then, you know, because they're like, they're our C-rank employees. <laughs> I think I think quite often it's good to learn from some some big guns like Capcom that you know they they look like they put every bit of effort into everything even if they've they've not got the budget there like they're gonna get it as as polished as possible so it sounds a bit odd to me that they're saying you know oh let's give this a C we're not gonna concentrate on this much um, it sounds really Mike why do you have I mean to I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you guys work in projects like so the part of my role in my work is to do project work and it's we follow the system of uh, Moscow so must have could have should have would like to have and it, it's basically that premise that they're using but they're they're doing it in like a time format so that that's maybe why I'm a little bit more interested in it it yeah. sounds like a <laughs> you very very mainland kind of european way of it's it sounds like building a car or something or or like manufacturing a (laughs) game a very methodical way of building as opposed to my job is just why isn't it done now we don't have could have should have yeah yeah i'm I'm not saying i'm not saying you know uh, to me the 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 dude in new york sitting in a chair knows better than those guys no i'm not saying that i'm just it's like i can you can see the things they put as say you know a C or a D, you can very clearly see those glaring. Less time went into this. Yeah, definitely, and I think that well, I think this is going to keep on coming back because, for example, the the music and we've we've talked about the characters, but I had no interest in the side quests after I've done the first three. Oh God, just no. like the, the, it's just fodder. It was just there to be consumed, and it, it wasn't interesting. You know what it reminded me of, Luke. And I know you're a big fan of this game, so you know. I hope I don't insult you personally. Uh, Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> I was waiting to where I was gonna have to go no. gather some frogs. No, it was nowhere near. As oh, bad it was as Final just Fantasy as bad, 15. man. It was uh, close. Yeah, it was. It was close, but it was nowhere near 
it was nowhere near that, oh my god, where fruit and veg van has went off the road, can you go <laughs> yeah. and get it? And then you get back, oh no, the fish vans went off the road, can you go and get it? It wasn't as bad as that. Oh, maybe not the setup. This is all starting. The to... actions were. Sorry, Mike. No, um, this is all starting to get quite intertwined because it sounds to me like what happened in my experience was I went to these little side quests. I came across really poor sort of like poor voice acting, a bit, you know, more janky looking models and sort of uninspired quests. And I put them all together and thought, right, they might have spent loads of time making all these side quests, but I'm going to stop there. and I'm not going to bother with any more of them. Is this a this a waste of everyone's time by the looks of it? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's weird that all of us have had that. So you could say the side quests <laughs> are divisive. <laughs> oh no, I did them all for the trophy. I didn't do them for uh, <laughs> the good I did Final Fantasy, man. No, thirteen. I think thirteen of the side quests were how you got your allies at the end. Wait, you have allies at the end? Yeah, you could. Yeah, there's. Th- I think there's twelve or thirteen allies. Like Nils is one of them. Um. Okay. So while we're already talking about side quests, let's talk about the mechanics of the game. How does this game feel for you guys? I have another controversial point, which is I really, really, really liked the way the game felt, the way you ran and moved, the combat. I liked everything apart from the climbing. After playing Breath of the Wild, the climbing in this is really, really, really restrictive with its stupid painted climbing points. Yeah, it's uncharted. But other than that, yeah, yeah. It's, it's awful. Other than that, I the, the combat I thought was top notch. I loved, I loved it. I loved it very, very, very much. And I know, I know, like that's a that's a conversation starter. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> <laughs> So jumping in slow motion is awesome. <laughs> Shooting things in, the air in that way. Uh, I think any kind of slow motion works awesome in this game. Um, I did not like the weird you're about to throw a melee attack, let's move your body over there for you and all that sort of shenanigans going on. It was a bit, bit odd. Um, there was... I don't know. I thought all the animations of jumping about and stuff all looked quite cool. Uh, how did it play? How did it play? I thought it played pretty well. It played pretty well against the odds. Yeah, you totally forgot until you mentioned that. But yeah, when you go to like melee someone in some sort of set piece, you could actually slide 15 feet across the map. Just yeah. like, don't. <laughs> okay, Dave, that's it, happening. It's, it's not that much different to what Dave said before about Batman. I remember in Batman, when you you know, blocking stuff and moving across and punching someone else. You'd, yeah. You'd see Batman, like, take about 500 steps to run off to punch someone else in the face before returning back, and it's... you still got that, that counter in the combo. <laughs> I was going to mention, yeah, it's very, very Arkham in the way you just kind of shimmy over to do it. Um, But uh, speaking as a man who played, like, 60% of the game as Melee... Really? Um. Oh, yeah, yeah, I that... No, I do not like the way this bow. That crosshair is a liar. It is a dirty, rotten, stinking liar. I don't know how many times, and I'm pretty sure I have video proof of it on my PlayStation somewhere, the reticule will be on the man's face, and it misses. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
there's some weird auto lock on which seems to do what it wants sometimes and it, it sometimes works for you if you've got a bad aim and it gives it there's <laughs> also points where I've seen an arrow go through somebody and it doesn't register as a hit so there is some now this may be stuff that they'll, they'll fix later on with patches but it was infuriating sometimes and I don't really like the ranged combat and this is a man who, you know, when I play Skyrim or Dark Souls or anything, and I, I love bows. Like, I'm bows all the time. But in this, there's something about it that just drove me up a wall. Ah, what, what could it be? Because you've got a good range of, you know, like, range equipment. Uh, you've got a good range of ammunition types for well, it. Here's the problem. Melee does more damage. Even if you hit a component, until you get to, like, middle, the later half of the game, melee will do more damage. Melee can kill one of those little guys in one hit. And if not, you knock it down, and then you do the insta-kill stab. And it can be upgraded for armor-destroying abilities and all sorts. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I kind of played this, like, you know, <laughs> Batman, Caveman <laughs> edition. But... Until you get to that later half of the game, even humans will go down in one or two melee, and it's a lot quicker. Because, I mean, I mean, this is just kind of the nature of the beast, where if you have a bow, you're not going to reload instantly. So if you miss a shot, there can be dire consequences to missing that shot. Especially if you're up against, like, you know, those really big tank-looking things. Deathbringer. Yeah, those 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 Deathbringers and the Scorpion guys, they're all like... I have to say, I, in, in a weird way, there's a thing with uh, Call of Duty games where even though I know if I chose a sniper rifle, I'd probably be okay, <laughs> I'd never choose it by choice because I'd rather have something that shoots a bit faster and can be as accurate as possible. Um, <laughs> and that, that definitely does play in with it. I think every weapon seems to have a bit of a sluggishness to it. But one one thing I did notice with the bows was that it seems like invisible walls play a lot into it. So if there's an enemy on a cliff just above you, the cliff isn't an actual physical thing. There's like an invisible hitbox above it. And you, your arrows end up hitting yeah, that instead of yeah, the enemies whose, well. whose head's popping out. Things like that. Just sort of things that you think they probably should have ironed out. I don't know. No, I'm not saying that. Well, I did, I did buy the game, so I guess I've got the right to say that. <laughs> you know, it probably should have been ironed out. And by twenty odd patches later, I think it's sort of due. Gorilla. <laughs> I personally like the the well, I like the bow or the two bows and I had no time for the rest of the, the weapons. Um they all seemed a little bit complicated or they didn't seem as 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 if as effective as the bows, so um yeah. I, I don't know about you guys, but I ended up turning the difficulty down after a little while because um, I found that the combat wasn't rewarding and it took too long. So, And I got to the point where I just wanted to see the story because the story was really capturing me. Um, and when I turned down the difficulty, it became a lot easier. The bow did a lot more damage and you managed to get through things a lot quicker. When I turned expect. down the difficulty... It became a lot easier. <laughs> I I did the opposite. I turned up the difficulty. There's some point in the game where you come across, you go through a wee ravine, and it's where the the whole game kind of opens up a wee bit, and you see this gigantic like thing. I don't know if it was a behemoth or not, or a thun. It was a thunderjaw. It was a thunderjaw, definitely. 
and that was the first time you see a great big thing and I started fighting it and I killed it and then I thought if that's a big I started to see what was going to happen the writing was on the wall I took down the big thing first time when I thought they're not going to get much bigger than that and then I started worrying so yes well Craig to be honest the way you play open world games you could be giving a one foot by one foot square and you would find a way to spend six hours exploring it so you probably had every upgrade is, and I mean, everything that, that taken care of by that point. As like, much as a blessing. <laughs> no, it's actually see. just a curse. You're right, because I did have to, I had to turn the difficulty up to Craig, keep it that's going. That's the bit where I turned the difficulty down, because I got to... <laughs> is that so, the bit? Yeah, we've maybe not described this very well. Um, so each enemy has like parts of the parts of their body that you can shoot off or you can make explode that will then weaken them for further attacks so for example you have like a it's almost like a gazelle um creature and they've got like a fire canisters on the back so if you shoot them with something explosive they'll blow up um you can even set them on fire so they'll blow up after a set amount of time and damage everything around them alternatively you can shoot them off and pick them up to craft other things uh, so i i met the big uh, sorry what was it called the big t-rex thing thunderjaw um, maybe yeah yeah I, I met one of those and um I knocked every single weakness off of that thing, did everything I could to take out the bits so that it wasn't flashing anymore, there was no more weaknesses, and it still still had half health. So I ended up just running around it, shooting bits of it which were doing no critical damage for an age, and it just felt boring. It just, I don't know if I did something wrong, if I wasn't hitting well, the right weakness. To be honest, I think at that point of the game... You're supposed to actually run away from it. I think it's by design that you're maybe more <laughs> supposed to run past it, and we didn't. Oh. <laughs> I think because you're. Is this not the bit where you're supposed to put the trapper down multiple times? I don't think uh, you've got. Where it's like uh, introduction to that weapon in a way. I don't think you've got that far in the game yet. By that. Well, oh, no, no, that might have just been my story. But I no, I found that when you turned the difficult up, you did have to start using. You had to like crack out your warbo and get a specific wet armor type um, element type on it to hit the elemental damage to make sure when the, the if it's a snap mod, it's in water, you can't burn it, so you've got to try and do something else. Yeah, it does yeah. up the damage significantly when you're using your elementals as well, which. I learned that actually because I hate another controversial point. I hate the Witcher combat because I find I just button mash my way through the whole thing. And Dave or someone, one of you guys said to me, bump the difficulty up and then you do need to start using your oils and this, that and the other. So yeah. I did that for this to make sure that I enjoyed okay. it. Hey guys, can anybody hear Craig right after he said... This is a controversial <laughs> statement. I, I can't hear him anymore. Do you want to just, just drop him from, from the, the podcast from the recording general. session or what? Um, um, no, you know what? You know what? Uh, I'm kind of the opposite of Luke at first, and then I was more in line with Luke, so I should have just ignored that preamble. But I started on the hardest difficulty, not the hardest mm -hmm. difficulty, you know, like above normal. I can't remember. What are they called? Easy, normal, hard? No, I no, I think there's a very like, bottom, which is know. like story only, then easy, normal, hard, yeah, is like it? Casual or something. You know that? It, okay, I couldn't remember if they had names for it, like like Wolfenstein. All right, so I didn't play on <laughs> Death Incarnate, but I didn't play <laughs> yeah. on Daddy Can I Play. I think Suck I dick, played Dave. on the one where he looks really angry and there's blood on his face. Uh, yeah, so I started on that, 
And I really hated how bullet spongy everything was. And then I started hitting them in the face and went, oh, that feels better. But the every enemy was very, very, very tough. And I'm not saying this as a man who hates tough games because I don't need to justify that. But I, I like tough games. But this felt like Borderlands bullet spongy. Because there were times where you would shoot off every component and the thing still would not be dead. And you're like, okay, um, I guess I'll just hit it. And so, you know, it was probably around the Thunderjaw, actually, where I turned it down to normal and then played it like that. And after a while, I'm kind of, I was, I dropped down like Luke. I was like, all right, enough of this crap. I'm just going to blitz through the rest of the game. And I dropped it down the story. That brings up a problem I had with it, which is The Witcher 3 combat was better. And the fact that there's not a lot of variety in combat here at all. Like, from even, even enemy types. So... I used, like, the same bow for almost the whole game. And that was before I dropped it down the story. Like, once you get a good purple bow, which is, what, like, five hours in? That's it. You're good for the rest of the game. I mean, sure, you can tweak around with, like, the jewel crafting bits where you use weaves and stuff. But I didn't really feel a need to change any of that. And I thought that was kind of a very bad thing to do in an uh, RPG. I think they've kind of dropped the ball a wee bit. Maybe difficulty balancing was a C-rated item <laughs> on the project plan because I, I I, did do that was the thing that I did and that's why I've missed out on The Witcher and I will revisit The Witcher, I'm not backpedaling here because I, I didn't enjoy it as much but I, oh, no, I would revisit it and play it through on hard just to get that because I'm, I'm Death March, Death March, thank you very much I think I I, on hard, it really did make a lot more sense, and I was in crafting and tweaking all everything that was applied to each of my weapon types, because if I wasn't doing that, I would very quickly notice that I started dying. <laughs> it, is it fair for us to knock this game, though? I mean, it sounds like we've all got what we wanted out of it in terms of, I mean, the options for us turning down the difficulty to so it's just story mode or Craig can turn it up to get as much as he wants. Isn't that a good thing? That's what I'm taking from that. And for me, the, the combat felt like the combat felt right, like firing a bow and doing all the slow motion moves and stuff. It it was fun. It was just, it seemed to take too long for me. Um, and that's maybe because I didn't engage with the system as well. I cannot believe I've let you guys talk this rubbish for so long because the fact is, if you lot weren't completing the game as follows, have a fight, get within inches of, of your death, and then go around finding as many healing herbs to fill up your pouch as much as possible so you've got enough to get through the next fight, and then realising you can drop the difficulty with no repercussion on your trophy collecting three <laughs> missions from the end of the game <laughs> has been a hard lesson for me. But even then... So you guys must have been playing on the easiest difficulty and still finding sponges. I don't understand that because I, I mean, mine was spongy, but they weren't like in you know the worst offenders at being spongy enemies, to be honest. And this was on medium diff, well, normal difficulty for pretty much ninety percent of the game. No, they were spongy on hard. Yeah, okay, that's understandable. I can, I can see how that'd be. Um. Also, guys, this is very much like final thoughts wrap up part talk. I mean, it, it naturally led into it, but we got we got to put a hold on that for a second. 
Also, yeah, but Luke, your point right there is I really liked the combat. It was fun, but then it wasn't fun, so I just turned the difficulty down. But is that... I'm trying to think if that's just because I I didn't take the time to get engaged in the system that was available. Well, I mean, I went in with, with like, the best of intentions, mainly because of Craig. Like, Craig, like, this is amazing. And it was naturally over time, it just kind of eroded all the good intentions I had. My my enthusiasm at that point, and I remember that point in my life, was purely story driven. Like I wasn't I wasn't touting anything. It was all which is absolutely understandable. My, the story because I it, for being the first and hopefully a few games, the the lore that's written into this and the depth that they go into to build the the world and the reason why, which we'll get into in the next episode, is fantastic. It's it's just. I think that they, they knocked it out of the park with that and that's why the enthusiasm yeah which is absolutely fine you don't have to justify what you like man um okay so but I am going to put a, a stop to our opinions of the combat and things like that because that is end talk so in the broadest of terms here and if you've played these games you'll know exactly what I'm talking about the mechanics of this game are Far Cry Primal it's that simple if you take Far Cry Primal, you give it a third-person perspective, then you've got it. I mean, there's the in-combat crafting. There's the I-need-to-go-get-plants-and-metal-shards for the in-combat you know, crafting. There is the, oh, I have different equipment that does different things. I, it's very much generic open world, and we'll discuss that later. But for right now, is there anything that you guys remember that this game does mechanically that stands out? <laughs> I think it does amazing, amazing fireworks. I like uh, I like shooting fireballs across maps, and it's awesome. And you cannot go back to standard bow and arrows once you've shot your first few blazing fused arrows at something or anything, including the explosives. I love the explosives. So the uh, anything, anything that explodes in this game looks amazing and feels amazing. I love the noise it makes when you shoot a canister off of something. It does that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the sound effects yeah, when you finally start good. tinging off pieces. Yeah, that's good stuff. All right. Okay. So I imagine we're definitely going to come back to all of these points later on. What we're going to do is we're going to wrap this up with the intro to the game. You know, you know what goes on during the intro. And then later on next episode, just in case you are very spoiler sensitive, We'll, like we said, do the rest of the story and then, you know, we'll talk about the side quests and then our final thoughts, things like that. So, um, really quickly, uh, Child Aloy has a giant head. <laughs> she does, she does. That is, it's quite terrifying, isn't it? it? It's like that, um, uh, what's that movie called? The, the guy with the face deformity, uh, mask in the 80s. It's like that movie. The Elephant Man. <laughs> 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 I thought you were going to go Elephant Man and then you surprised me with the share movie. That was good. Yeah. Uh. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've never seen a kid in a game look good. They always look off. If they're not stylized, like Psychonauts. I don't know why. Oh, it's right there on my screen. That's why I keep looking. Okay. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> um... 
But yeah, um, the intro, guys. Was the intro enough for you guys to like? Okay, this 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 piqued my interest. And Luke, if you could give a quick, you know, jet on the intro. So yeah, the game starts with uh, Rost, who is an outcast from the Nora tribe, taking an infant child to the top of the mountain for a ritual. The ritual looks to be done in secret, but Rost is joined by one of three elders, which surprises him. Uh, whilst performing the ritual. The other two matriarchs turn up and they try to stop Rost in his Lion King-esque ritual of holding this baby up and screaming her name, Aloy. Um, Zimbabwe! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, we then fast forward a couple years. Aloy is a small child and she approaches a group of other children. She's got a big head, yeah. The, The other children's heads are fine though. Did you notice that? Um, yeah, I think I think it's just because they took like her face model and then de-aged <laughs> it instead of making just a child face. The, to the left. <laughs> Edit um, image size forty <laughs> percent. <laughs> yeah, so Aloy approaches these children and uh, tries to give them some berries, which they're which they're gathering with their mother. The mother uh, quickly whisks them away, and because she is an outcast, and Aloy goes on a rage quit moment falls down a into a ruin and finds a focus and the game begins um so unlike every time i've started speaking about this game and being overly positive about it i actually had a tiny oh no moment because i loved the intro i loved the rost uh, lion king bit i thought that, oh this is great it's, it's getting me into it but there's something about starting as kid Aloy that just I didn't, I didn't feel right to start off with and I was like oh no I don't like this it's not as See, it's not like you're playing yeah yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what oh, it was really? I was just like oh I'm kind of the opposite like like uh, see the, I don't think the intro so much garnered my affection for Aloy because she's a kid and kids aren't people until they're 12 but it did a lot to make me like Rost yeah, yeah, definitely. Who I don't know if this is a coincidence, but he looks a lot like Grim, and maybe that's why I liked him so much. I haven't seen Grim, but thank you for sending a picture. Wow. Yeah, Grim really looks no, like Ross. It makes masturbating a lot easier. I do agree with that. Rost is set up very well. <laughs> it's the actual physical act of controlling child Aloy that I just. I thought, oh my god, I had this worry that it was going to be hours before I was going to be able to do anything cool. <laughs> Assassin's Creed 3 vibes. Oh, now see, I was hoping it was. I was hoping you would play a lot more as, as child Aloy than you did. Because, to be honest, not many games I, let you do that. I think it was it was a really good idea. and It, it kind of gave you, like, it removed the... Sorry, I'll start again. Like, being the child Aloy, it has the intrigue that a child would have without the understanding, and it kind of fits the theme quite well. You know, like, she's not understanding what all this stuff is, but the focus is kind of being the the translator for the audience into that into that game. Or that's the way I found it. I found it, that was really cool. Um, I'm glad it didn't last too long, because I don't think I could have done it for hours, but for the half an hour intro, it worked, it worked pretty well, and... Yeah, Rost is a machine. I love that guy. And so, one thing we didn't talk about mechanics-wise that I'm just going to briefly mention here is the stealth. 
Like, that was the only thing I didn't like about this, because everybody knows I don't like stealth. But that opening stealth section... You didn't like that, no, I did. Craig. I, I did. That's the thing. I, did, I liked it. It was the it was the kid bit of it. I don't know what it was about it. It just put me off a wee bit. Could it be the man who has seventeen <laughs> kids just does not like children anymore? It might be. I really like open world games with adults to get away entirely from my day to day life. <laughs> I hope that is now a giant bomb. Or Moby Games category that you can use to search for games. Open world games with adults. But, uh, yeah, Mike, so what did you think of the intro? Um, it was alright, I guess. Yeah, it seemed okay. I, I was a bit dubious with the, uh, the intro cinematic bit. All seemed a bit, a bit all over the place for me, but... When you got down to it, I didn't like it that when you started running about with her, it was all crazy and it felt like if you turn left or right, she doesn't really, I don't know, it felt more like um, Beyond Two Souls for some reason for a short while. and I got bad bad thoughts of how it'd go. Uh, but when it came through to like the, you know, the stealth section you mentioned then, um, it was really weird because I I never used it again for the rest of the the game. But all that weird sort of you know seeing the track track yeah. path of where they go to was a bit a little bit odd. But there were were two big points in there which I thought were really cool, which were the walking through the valley just before you get to that section. There's loads of cool sun coming off the off the cliffs. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> which left a nice nice beaming side. <laughs> That that was that was quite a quite a spectacle, um, and the other bit is something that I'm currently working through my mind to remember what it was. <laughs> but bear with me two seconds, and I will be able to tell you just that. Fuck, what is it? So so, Mike, your opinion does does Rost look like Grim? I've not. I've only seen Grim's Facebook picture. To be honest, I think he does look quite similar. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so see that's why you should uh like for anyone Rost. who's uh not listened before grim is our sexual but okay norwegian icelandic guy the stealth the stealth was kind of handy in the game though because as you say you know you could get the the path of say like a thunder jaw and then you could lay some traps and then go and hide and it would trip over some traps and it would look angrily about going who the hell put these traps here and then carry on on its wee journey was fine but the stealth let you go in and override things which would then fight for you and the more cauldrons you did the more things you could over so a lot of the time I was stealthing my way through to override something to let them do all the fighting and it works a treat you know what works a treat is running up to that same thunder jaw hitting it in the toe with your bow and then placing traps behind you frantically as it chases after you. And that's just as fun, I would like to argue. So that's going to take care of what we want to discuss here because if we did discuss any more, there would be spoilers. So next time, come back after you've played the game or if you know, you're just curious about it and spoilers don't bother you. And we will be discussing the rest of the game. So... I think I speak for everybody when I say thank you very much for listening. And gentlemen, say good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.